Someone once told me the grass is much greener. I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in them, because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then... You know, who cares about what the others say? Someone once told me the grass is much greener on the other side. Hello and welcome to the We're In Between podcast, the podcast that discusses an episode of As Told by Ginger every week, in order, once a week. This week we're on episode 11 of the show. I can't believe we're already 11 weeks in. This one is called The A Ticket. Yeah, we have a, an interesting romantic sort of twist with Ginger here, that one of the, like, the second major one. The story was by Emily Kapnick and Sheila M. Anthony, and the teleplay was done by Sheila M. Anthony, and it was released on February 4th, 2001. The episode is about Ginger partnering up with Ian Richton in chemistry class, and she gets really, really excited about pairing up with him because she has a huge crush on him, as previously stated in other episodes. But more importantly, it's Ian who becomes really excited about pairing up with Ginger. And it's not because of what Ginger thinks. It's actually because Ginger is a science whiz and he's using her so that he can be able to get an A for his class so he can stay on the soccer team. And then in the meantime, we have Carl and Hoodsy competing with one another alongside with Brandon so they can be able to play Glockenspiel for an ascent, the, the town eccentric known as um, Lodewell Kratz who's visiting the school. And um, yeah, it's a pretty interesting plot, I have to say. So we open up and their junior high chemistry teacher who's just getting very enthusiastic about chemistry and you can tell that the other students are just, they're not really caring. They're caring as much as middle schoolers care about chemistry, which is not enough because chemistry is great. Um, he decides to pair everyone off and Miranda ends up with Macy, Courtney ends up with Dodie, and Ginger ends up with Ian, which is very exciting to her. We also get this great joke where um, Courtney asks if she would be able to switch partners or get something to work out and the teacher's like is the H in H2O helium? Which obviously it's not. It's hydrogen for the record. But <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Classic. So we cut into Ian at the locker room where he's talking about how excited he is on pairing up with, G with Ginger and he's talking about how he's going to get the A that he sees Ginger as an A ticket to stay in the soccer team. And Darren actually hears the whole conversation and becomes really concerned because he knows that Ginger has a huge crush on Ian. And he feels kind of, you know, conflicted on whether he should tell her or not. And he tries throughout the entire episode to tell her. But for some reason or another, things just get in the way for him. Yeah, probably partially because he's uncomfortable about the whole thing too. He doesn't really know how to bring it up, right? Yeah, as we learned in a re recent episode earlier. And I do hope, I was thinking about this, I think, I hope he gets his headgear off over the course of the show. And no, no spoilers, obviously, Patricia, but I feel like they're setting that up to happen, that it'll be some big reveal. I don't know. We'll see. I can neither confirm nor deny it. <laughs> I appreciate it.
Oh, can we talk about this band rehearsal? The uh, the band teacher is so legit. He's like, the things he's saying are so true to what, like, cliche jazz teachers say. I'm finally hearing you embrace the space between the notes, which anyone I've ever played with in jazz has said in some variation. Yeah, so it's interesting that out of all the instruments that Carlin Hoods are playing, they're playing glockenspiel, which, I don't know, that's not really a common thing to play in band class, is it, Casey? Well, so in my music ed classes, we did learn that you do want to start off like little kids on mallet instruments. There's something tactile and more like our brains respond better to something like that as opposed to a wind instrument. Um, It's less visual. So I, I get that, but it is weird for a band band and not just like a general music class. Yeah. So the uh, the music teacher makes the announcement to Carl, Hoodsy, and Brandon because they play glockenspiel that the man, um, Lolil Kratz, is going to be appearing at the school and he's going to choose one of the students to play glockenspiel for him. He wrote a solo and only one can be able to perform it. And Carl Hoodsy and surprisingly Brandon sees them as their hero, which I can understand Carl and Hoodsy because we learn later on that Lolil Kratz is a really weird guy. He 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 invented a, an aftershave that smells like feet, and he he made something out of like popsicles and slight or no tongue depressors. He made something out of tongue depressors, so he's like the town eccentric. And you know, seeing um, Brandon saying like he's my hero too, and it's like. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. It's like the equivalent of a kid who's listened to classical music all their lives suddenly announced, I'm a huge fan of Dr. Demento. (laughs) That's an interesting comparison. Or maybe a much more contemporary one would probably be, you know, Weird Al Yankovic. Right. (laughs) This is actually a really interesting episode because this is the first episode that we've seen in which Carl and Hoosie are not getting along. They have a competition with one another because they both want to play the solo in front of Lolil Kratz, and they actually start arguing, they don't speak to one another, which, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, it's, we did see a little bit of them having conflict with, um, why can I not come up with her name? The, the woman that Carl wanted to ask to marry, the old woman. Oh, Maud. Yeah. Maud, yeah, we, we did see a little bit of conflict there. And it's funny because this is another conflict over an old person, essentially. <laughs> a weird old person, specifically. I feel like there are some similarities between Maud and, uh, what's his name, Lud- Ludlow? Yeah, Ludlow Krantz, yeah. Especially with the ending. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think a little bit deeper in this one than just the Maud thing, but it does get between them a little bit. They're not talking. We've got that whole issue. We have this great scene going back to Ginger and them, where they're just working in lab together and Courtney phone calls over to Miranda. They're in the same class, but calls her on her cell phone and she's like, don't you think it's so, like, interesting that Ginger can just be herself around Ian? Like, usually when you like a guy, you get all, like, you know, anxious and worried, but Ginger, she's just, she's just herself with no problems at all and... I just thought one, the whole concept was funny to me. This was the first moment I felt empathy for Miranda, because what an awful thing to hear from your best friend. <laughs> just, yeah, you're really awkward and uncomfortable around boys. you like, what was the point of saying that, Courtney? Usually Miranda's the jerk in this friendship, but that was just out of line. Yeah, I couldn't tell if it was just 
lack of tact or what? Oh, she didn't mean it, I'm sure, but man, those those griplings really live in a bubble. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and we even see that Miranda's not exactly going, is not doing very well in her class because she has Macy as a partner and Macy is constantly messing up. She adds the chemicals in too early and causes an entire, um, it, it causes the entire thing to smoke and she starts choking. And we even see Macy wearing like one of those old fashioned gas masks. Right. Macy's such a national treasure. What did we do to deserve her? Uh, later on in the episode, um, we see Ginger and Ian talking to one another that, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, Ginger is trying to give tips for Ian about, you know, the correct temperature to say when you're doing kel- uh, when you're doing uh, chemistry and, you know, learning about that it's important to take notes whenever you're doing an experiment and, um, then, you know, Ian is trying to charm her, saying, you know, oh, you're so good at it. And Ginger is just falling for, like, a ton of bricks. And then we also have another scene in which uh, Ginger is showing Ian about how to, um, you know, make the string stick on the ice without tying it. And it's actually really clever in which he adds salt into the string. And then, you know, when it, you know, when the ice cu- uh, crystals kind of form together at, with the with the salt you can actually pick it up and i tried that and it surprisingly works you just have to wait a little bit longer than two seconds but it does work yeah it, it does if you do it right i know i struggled we like did it in one of my science classes and like i think it was like if it melted too much or something then it wasn't gonna work as well but it can work so we have darren trying to confront ginger saying um hey uh, ginger i have something to tell you about ian and then Dodie and macy come in and they're really excited that ian is really really you know clinging into ginger and then darren just walks away not saying a thing and then we cut into carl and hoodsy's plot where the audition begins so they're inside three different curtains that separates them and Brandon is just saying, like, let's just have lots and lots of fun. It's like, <laughs> pukerama. And so we see, you know, uh, Hoodsy, Carl, and Brandon playing the same tune, which we, we, we'd actually talked about this with Jared um, a couple of weeks ago. And he, yeah, he, apparently it's like some sort of like jingle to something. I don't remember. But if anybody actually knows what the jingle is, then let us know in the chat. Yeah, when they started playing it, I realized what you had been talking about when we interviewed Jared, so that was interesting. I'm sure we'll have lots of realizations as the show goes on about, oh, that's what that interviewee was talking about. And, uh, yeah, so Hoodsy's actually pretty good, and I feel like Carl is sort of being a bad friend to Hoodsy, because Carl always gets the glory of their antics, and he can't let Hoodsy have one thing. And ultimately, they both lose to Brandon, but, oh, I have, this is going back a little bit, but I... I want to read two of my notes that I took in order. So the first one is... Ian complimented Ginger. Dodie will handle this calmly. And then the second note is... Nope. (laughs) It was like clockwork. I was like, well, Dodie's... You know, and then... Just as predicted, as I'm sure we all did. She immediately loses her mind. Yeah, Dodie's something, isn't she? (sighs) What did Aspen refer to her as? Like, the worst person in human history or something like that? Amazing. So yeah, now Ginger actually has Ian's jacket, and 
Jody is really excited. She thinks that now the relationship has gone up to a whole other level. And then Darren rides in his bike saying, look, Ginger, the only reason why Ian is treating you like this is because you're a science whiz. He's just using you so he can get an A for the class and he can stay on the, ho- the soccer team. And Ginger becomes really disappointed because this is a guy that she's liked for a long time. And now she realizes that he's just using her. And so she's going to, you know, give, she's going to, you know, give it back to him in which, you know, she's going to make Ian do the work and she's just going to stand there doing nothing like he's been doing over the past couple of classes. And surprisingly enough, the next time that this happens, it turns out to be during a test. I'm sort of just cherry picking at this point, but so Courtney keeps looking back at Ian and Ginger interacting, and she's telling Miranda, like, I'm just so fascinated by her gingerisms, which is a classic Courtney thing to say. And she goes, Oh, Miranda, add gingerisms to my list of Courtneyisms. I love that line. Ugh, <laughs> oh, beautiful. We then get Ginger once she like figures out Ian's whole game during their big sort of I don't know, it's like a lab practical. Which also I wanna throw it real quick. I feel like this is pretty intense lab stuff to be doing in junior high. Maybe this is just me, but I don't feel like we ever had, like, actual chemistry in junior high. We weren't messing around with Bunsen burners and stuff until, like, sophomore year of high school. No, I felt similarly. It didn't seem that advanced. It just seems like Ian's kind of an idiot. Anyways, <laughs> so they've got, like, this this lab practical or whatever, and Ginger's just kind of like, oh, what are we supposed to do? And she's just kind of, like, laying back, not doing any of the work, and She's like, you know, you might want to light the Bunsen burner if you actually want to get anything to happen and sort of just putting the pressure on him so that he kind of realizes that she's not really cool with him messing with her. Yeah. And cutting back into Carlin Hoodsy, so Brandon is playing the solo in front of Lodwell Kratz, and we see Carl and Hoodsy vandalizing, as usual, and he becomes pretty freaked out. He even calls them freakazoids, and then Ludwell is dragging his foot. You know, he's, he's, like, walking towards him and saying, like, what do you, did you call these young men, Mr. Higsby? And... Um, you know, Brandon is trying to defend himself, saying like, oh, no, no, it's nothing of the sort. And he's trying to explain to them that you shouldn't make fun of anybody just because they're different than you. And so all of a sudden, he looks like he's having a heart attack. He falls down and he drops dead. Yeah, it's very jarring. And uh, Brandon, <laughs> this is we see Brandon being tested here in terms of what is his character really like, because we've never really seen him have the opportunity to prove himself. And I had hoped, high hopes for him, but what does he do? He just bails. <laughs> he says, this is too much for me, and he runs away. Yep, he runs away, and then it turns out that Ludwill is not dead. He was just playing dead. And he becomes really right. impressed with Carl and Hoodsy when it turns out that the stuff that they sprinkled on top of Brandon was actually his eye gun, was Carl's eye gun collection. And so he actually invites Carl and Hoodsy over to his house, which what should have been Brandon's because he actually owned it. He actually, you know, earned it fair and square, but because Brandon was a coward, he basically doesn't even get it and he doesn't want, probably didn't want to be involved with it. So we have that. And. 
Um, we, I want to cut back into the test. When Ginger finally confronts Ian saying about, you know, I know what you've been doing. You're taking advantage of me so you can get an A. He finally confesses that he was doing that this whole time. And Ginger, you know, thought even Ginger was slowly going to confess that he thought that he was treating her nicely because he liked her. But then Courtney intervenes saying, we're all out of saline solution. Can we borrow? And you can even tell that... She's trying to save Ginger from humiliation because when she asks that question, she gives a wink to her. And then she walks away. And then when Ginger looks at her, she kind of has this little nod. So it was kind of like a way of saying, like, you know, I know that you want to tell Ian off, but I don't think this is the right time yet. Yeah, that was interesting. So then they come into an agreement that, um, you know, let's see if we can work together so we can pass this uh, this test. And, yeah, they just continue to stay as lab partners and nothing else. And then, finally, the episode ends with Carl and Hoodsy going over to Ludwell Krantz's house with boiled eggs. And when they ring the door, there's actually a, a trap in the floor, and they, it leads up to the basement, and it's, like, a whole bunch of weird stuff. And you see, like, this moose head, and it turns, and, they, and you know, it's Ludwell saying, shall I ring for tea? And then there's, like, these, a bunch of weird stuff that's all over the basement and yeah that's basically how the episode ends yeah they're in essentially their dream lair yeah it's their dream location it makes sense that they sort of clicked with another weird eccentric old person i think that sums up all of our thoughts i guess one of you guys want to throw out your ratings yay nay meh it's a bit of a meh for me i thought that the uh concept of you know ginger and ian was pretty interesting and but I, I felt like it wasn't strong enough to carry the whole episode. I mean, it was pretty interesting to see Ginger and Ian's um, dilemma, especially since it was built up throughout the series. But I think that uh, Carl and Hoodsy's plot just wasn't that interesting, especially since, you know, um, the, even the guy himself just wasn't really built up to something special compared to, like, other adults that were featured in the uh, in the series. So, yeah, I'm not really too crazy about this one. Interesting. I'll give it a meh because... The music person in me enjoyed the glockenspiel side of things and the, like, band rehearsals and all that. I got a kick out of that and didn't love the A-plot again, but it's a solid meh from me. Yeah, I'm gonna be boring again and stick with the meh. Yeah, I'm gonna be boring again and stick with the meh. For me, I, I liked, like I said, I liked seeing, or like Patricia said, I liked seeing Ian and Ginger kind of getting a little bit of that. Finally, you know, this is her crush from forever and... I like that she was willing to stand up for herself and not take crap, which, you know, always love Ginger for that. But overall, it wasn't the most exciting episode. It wasn't one of the ones that hit me as strongly as earlier ones. So, yeah, another meh for me. All right. I guess that should be it for this episode. So tune in next week as we talk about episode 12, which is Come Back Little Seal Girl, which is what many people consider to be one of the best episodes of the series, focusing on one of our favorite characters, Macy. So that should be it. Hope to see you around soon. And thank you for listening. Hey.